That's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, a podcast where we discuss and analyze and break down the 1991 film Beauty and the Beast from Disney Studios. We are talking about Minute 7 today, and we're excited to be back with you. My name is Janae. And I'm Bobby. And let's just jump right in. Um, So the song is continuing. We start off this minute with Gaston completing his phrase, she's as beautiful as me, and ends with bonjour, basically. Yeah. So first off, I thought it was awesome. You know, this really has no meaning besides that it's cool that at the end of this minute is like exactly almost the end of the song. So right. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay, so let's start out. There's, a, we see a lot more um, townspeople in this minute all in one place, you could say. Um, and so I just wanted to like pick out a few. First of all, we see a lady with a cart of bread. How many bakers live in this town was my first thought. And then I was like, oh, maybe this is Marie. Yeah, I think that's Marie from earlier. <sighs> Um, I always thought, I know the name is Marie, but when I was a kid, (laughs) I thought that it was a man that he was talking to. Like Murray? (gasps) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) I was like, I don't know why I thought it was a man. But then somebody was like, oh yeah, Marie. And I was like, oh, is that what he's saying? (laughs) (laughs) I never even thought about it. Like, I guess I always thought it was Marie, but like I never like saw who it was he was talking to or really right, thought about it at all. See. Yeah. Um, I think cause the way that he says it, Marie, the baguettes, hurry up. It's just kind of like he breaks the word up in a funny way. So yeah. anyway, so anyway, let's talk about these three blonde girls, which on the actual, their actual name in the script is the Bimbets, right? That's their name. <laughs> Disney always being, you know, uh, I don't know, socially <laughs> progressive? <laughs> Acceptable? Oh, gosh. Okay, first my question is, are they triplets? I would assume something Because like they literally that. have the exact same color hair, the exact same color eyes, the exact same facial features. My other thought uh, to that would be um, that... They might not be sisters per se, but that could just be the representation of this is typically what we see as beauty in the town. And that's why Mm. Belle is so different because she's not a blonde and she's not kind of, you know, ditzy. Um, Not dressed like a floozy. Yeah. So she's she's beautiful, but she's different than the other beautiful women in town. Good point. I like that. I think... um... I thought it was interesting that they're all ganged up, like they're all friends, and they all get along, and they all love Gaston, and they're all ganged up against Belle. But I had the thought, okay, if if they, if one of them were picked by Gaston, they wouldn't be friends anymore. Yeah, probably not. It's they're, it's, they're trying it's to... because his affections are geared towards 
someone besides any of them that they can keep that friendship, I guess, which is sadly tr- something I've seen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not too far off there, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, not a lot or anything. I've just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, girls liking guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny that, I mean, to kind of to start off this whole scene, um, because at the beginning of the scene, uh, Gaston is singing to himself, looking at himself in the, in the pot or the pan or whatever it is. He's got this reflection. He's singing to himself, looking at himself. Um, and then like he kind of like glances around and notices that Bella's gone. I and, know. <laughs> you know. He's trying to catch her. So this scene, the, re- the rest of this is him trying to catch Belle and talk to her. <laughs> and so he walks completely past the bimbets without even like really noticing them. Um, he is give- very determined to step when he walks past them. Yeah, he's, he's like, like he's leaning marching. forward <laughs> and he's marching and his arms are pumping. <laughs> and like... If he was going faster, he could be a speedwalker. Like, he was serious about <laughs> where he was going. <laughs> but, yeah, I think... So, I think it's funny also that they're at this well, and they're, like, filling this pail with water. But they're not dressed like people who work every day. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, what are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just an excuse for them to be there. <gasps> And then when they fall on the ground, the bucket is, like, five feet away from them. Like, they weren't even just holding it, which I think is really funny. But things you don't notice until you sit and watch one minute, like, five times in a row. I just had a thought that maybe they work at the tavern. I think they probably do. We see them in the tavern later, and they could be barmaids, and they just got the job because they are beautiful. And maybe they're not that great at their job, and so they're supposed to be cleaning up for the day. Uh, you know, to get ready for the day, but they aren't even paying attention to getting they, the water. And they all had to go together because women have to go everywhere together. Go to the bathroom together, go get a drink together, go get a pail of water together. And maybe. I did read something. Uh, <laughs> I did see something about their hairstyles. Like one's supposed to be like oh. Ariel and one's supposed to be <gasps> Princess Jasmine. And I can't remember what the third one is supposed to be. In a oh, minute I can totally or in second see seven. That. Yeah, in second seven, she's the one in the middle. Uh, but I. I don't recognize her hairstyle from another um, Disney princess. Is she the one that has just the straight part down the middle? Yeah. Without like the poofy thing? Yeah. Um, Maybe it's like, would that be Snow White? Uh, she has a part down the middle. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's anyway. interesting. I didn't know that, but I can totally see it. Yeah. So that's fun to know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I thought it was funny that, you know, Gaston just, tromps past them and then LeFou kind of stops at them and, and you know tries he to gain a little bit of favor and <laughs> ogles them a little bit huh yeah and they like don't even notice that they pump water in his face and he glares at the water pump like he's not mad at them who made it happen but uh he glares at the water pump and so it's interesting it's that, really funny. That, that he gets mad at this inanimate object whenever uh later on he's going to have some issues with objects attacking him Ooh. foreshadowing i love it (laughs) Uh, i love it that's so funny okay so moving on we start to see all of these people getting in gaston's way um we see the pumpkin cart guy again right yeah pumpkin cart man and then we see a second pumpkin seller did you notice that guy i did not see him 
He's wearing a green shirt and he's skinny. Is it? Does he have like a stand? Oh yeah, no, yeah. He's like pushing a cart. Yeah, like in second twenty. Huh. I wonder if they're brothers and they both just go around selling know. pumpkins. So they're on the same team. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I mean. Okay, I, I can buy that. I can get on board with that one. I mean, they're wearing the same yeah. type of hat. So I was like, are you kidding me? How many pumpkin sellers and bread sellers do you need in one town? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> as we're going through this scene, like we're seeing that this is a lot bigger town than we initially thought. Than you initially think. Yeah. I mean, because Belle calls it a poor provincial town. So you think, oh, it's this itty bitty town. No, it's actually not really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm guessing she must have had some kind of exposure to or at least read about like london and paris and some of these huge metropolitan right. areas and so she's saying oh i live in a little town and not one of these big huge ones um right. because this is a this is a pretty good sized town there are lots of shops lots of people this scene is just like how many people and gags can we get into this next few seconds here right well and also um going back to the thought that we are in a time period where it's the first industrial revolution um, maybe she's thinking, okay, this poor provincial town in regards to that revolution of thought and progression. Ah, uh, that would make a lot of sense. As well. I mean, because her dad is an inventor and maybe she's accustomed to pe- being around people who have open minds um, to new thoughts and to reading and to all these things that she's into and nobody else agrees with so yeah i mean as far as we know the only two intellectuals in the town besides herself are her dad and the bookseller right right um so let's talk about some of these people in the background yeah i mean i i just gonna go through my little list that i put together of funny people that Perfect. i saw you got the, the guy carrying the big old like birthday cake you've got this <laughs> this ridiculously tall guy with like a string of sausages and it's interesting with him. There's he's just a dog. like slinging them around. Yeah, he's he's like I guess he's selling his sausages. Um, so he's probably yelling something about sausages. But there's a dog like trying to steal one of his sausages that gets a hold of one of them. That's kind of a nod towards Oliver and Company. I guess not really a nod because Oliver and Company wasn't made yet, was it? So maybe Oliver and Company took it from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Inspiration for Oliver and Company. And then there's like there's like a guy pushing a dog in a cart. And there's an angry lady with <laughs> a fish. I don't think I noticed him. So, yeah, there's a there's what? a lot of... I said there's an angry lady with a fish. Um, oh, I loved that lady. I think it's so funny because you kind of hear all these voices singing these different lines. But the scene goes so fast that you don't necessarily realize who is saying what. And I realized that the lady who's holding up the fish... Is the one who's saying, you call this bacon? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, well, and it's funny I'd too, be asking the same thing. <laughs> there, there's a cat, like, holding on to that fish. <laughs> so. Uh, I like that lady a lot. <laughs> so, anyway. The the other people that I wanted to mention is this couple that we see towards the bottom right of the screen, and they're kind of walking towards where the camera is set up, um, and they definitely look like they're kind of out of place from the rest. They do. They're, they're kind of drawn in a different style, and they're both dressed very nicely. Um, 
I feel like those, I kind of tried to do some research on those costumes, and I, they don't seem exactly the right time period to me, but I couldn't determine what time period they were. Yeah, like his hat, I'm like, okay, that's kind of like a pilgrimy hat. Pilgrim, I know, I know. And hers kind of looks like a bonnet. Yeah. Like, if I had to place her, I'd be like, okay, she's probably from, like, Russia at some period. (laughs) I I just get that vibe from her. And then he's, like, a pilgrim, but he's got, like, a bag of money, I'm guessing. He's got a bag of something with him. And they're just walking arm in arm, like, out of the scene. I know. Well, and those puffed sleeves, I mean, the billowiness of the majority of the sleeve is, like, an Elizabethan, but that puff on the shoulder is not... I can't figure out what time period it is it's kind of like um that's the word imperial like hmm. jane austen kind of puffed sleeve yeah. so i'm like that those don't go together at all and then the waistline and the neckline of her dress i i don't know I'm it, just, it just it just figure feels, out it feels like it doesn't fit into the scene so it makes you wonder right. why are they here like are they from some disney movie <laughs> like obscure disney movie that we don't know about and they put it in here oh. uh, for people to catch and maybe we just never watched that movie enough to to recognize those characters maybe because we know maybe. that disney does his hide jacket isn't too movies. out of place but yes this is true this is true so we don't know about them but they definitely look rich yes and like so they're, they're carrying a bag of money which they're going doesn't my list seem very safe to me, going to buy books going to buy books <laughs> i like it so um After this kind of sequence of uh, panning out from all of these villagers and townspeople going about their morning business, we come to um, a bunch of villagers kind of grouped together watching Belle like like they're facing you as the viewer, but like you're in the place of where Belle is. Right, right. But and Gaston is like... I'm going to make her my wife. And they're not phased at all when he says this. They just kind of like didn't even hear him. And then they're just singing and smiling. There she goes. Which I thought it was really funny that they're all smiling so much when the whole song was, she's so weird, even though she's pretty, she shouldn't be reading and stuff. Then they're just really happy. And then I just think it's very interesting that they're not phased at all that he wants to marry her. Well, if we if we go up based off of that, everybody in town likes Gaston and that he is a popular guy and he's kind of the town hero. Um, you know, it starts off this this part of the scene with everybody grouped around and they're all watching him and he's, you know, telling them his plan. He's right. going to make Belle his wife. And so they probably all think, hey, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, she's kind of <laughs> weird, but, you know, you're you're the hero sure. of the town. Um, and we get you're pretty. She's pretty. We could be pretty together. <laughs> yeah. And we get a lot of characters coming back um, from earlier. So we've got the the guy with his belly showing, the unibrow cart guy. Right. We've got the baker. We've got the little girl that she pats on the head. The guy selling the, the pots with the mustache. Um, so right. they bring back a lot of the characters for this kind of reunion where everybody's uh, singing about Belle. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny because doesn't he look a little... 
confused though when all of a sudden they don't actually respond to what he says. Yeah, I was going to point that out. That you know, <laughs> he he's singing to them. He's telling them his plan, and then they all turn. And then they just Bell, don't even respond. And he's like, "Hey, how come you guys aren't paying attention to me anymore?" Yeah, um, yeah, he's gonna be. If if they actually got married, he would be competing with her for attention all the time, I feel like. He'd be like, honey, stop drawing so much attention. Stop being so pretty. But don't stop because you have to be as pretty as me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the constant struggle of Gaston. Um, okay, so then when he realizes that nobody's listening and he is like cut off from Belle... He tries to figure out, okay, how am I going to get over to her because I got to go talk to her, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, my question is, did he just literally decide that morning that he was going to marry her? Um, because I don't know. it seems like he rushes through really quick from the moment he decides he's going to marry her. He's like, okay, I got to go talk to her right now, and then like later that day he proposes to her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's probably something right? that. that- I think it's probably something that he's been considering and planning on for a while. Uh, but I think this is the first time, you know, that it's come out and he says it. And I think that he's the kind mm-hmm. of assertive and kind of impulsive guy that once he decides on something, he goes and he gets it. And so today is the day that he told LeFou, you know, it came out in the open. He made it real. And now he's declaring it to everybody. And so he's got to make it happen. Right. Okay. Who needs to dilly dally and things like this? Exactly. I mean, once you know, you know. <laughs> so he decides that he's gonna get over there and he looks around and the first thing he sees is an open door to a house so he just goes in and pops out this window on the second story <laughs> and hops over the roof of the next building over to get to her just saying yeah it's it's pretty impressive <laughs> he's like huge and just impressive and he can just like jump over rooftops and i just think it's awesome so i mean he's willing to go to quite the lengths to talk to her um and also i love that she's walking in step with the beat of the music Ooh. through like this whole thing practically um so that's pretty fun that thing that the animators did <laughs> Well, I think my last note uh, for this minute is just, we're coming to the end of the song. um, And one of the last lines, they say, it's a pity and a sin, um, you know, talking about Belle and that, you know, that she's weird and stuff. And I was like, really? It's a sin? Really? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm guessing they just threw that in there so that it would rhyme with the the rest of the lines. But it kind of caught my attention. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought that line was really interesting too. Like, okay. You guys are rather extreme here. (laughs) What you consider to be a sin. But yeah, I did think that was interesting as well. Um, My last note was I noticed as she's walking out of town back the way she came, you can't see her house or anything yet. You just see um, the river Mm -hmm. and the bridge and i had the thought okay she's going back home but her everyone else seems to kind of live in town i mean seems to but she is her home is separated from the town by a river by a bridge and it's kind of symbolic again of who she is compared to this town and how she fits in. She doesn't fit in. She's separated from them. And 
doesn't fit in. So that was my last note of something that I just noticed and thought was interesting. Yeah. And that's all I've got for today. All right. Do you have anything else? That's all I've got. Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, Minute 7. We will be back again tomorrow and hope you keep listening. Hope you share this with your friends who may be interested in listening to commentary and dissection of this movie. You can find us at growlermedia.com and on Facebook at, at Beastly Minute. And we look forward to having you with us again. And don't forget, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen. Something is really different.